This is Gigi Sabat, and you're listening to the Walk With Me podcast. My guest today is Dr. Aaron. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, Gigi. It's a pleasure to be here. Such an honor to have you back on the show today. Can you start off by telling us a little bit more about you and where are you from? Yeah, so to start off simply, uh, my name is Dr. Aaron Ozy. Uh, I am originally uh, from Chicago, Illinois, uh, here in the uh, northwest suburbs. Uh, for those of you listening right now, uh, you know, if you're familiar with Chicago, uh, right around uh, the Schaumburg area. So very uh, still uh, close to uh, my local roots, uh, but I travel uh, different parts of the country, different parts of the world. Uh, being the uh, fame creator of the international children's phenomenon Regulus, which encompasses uh, a variety of different aspects that we'll uh, obviously dive into uh, during the show today. I love it. Dr. Aaron, tell us a little bit more about your book, your children's book. Sure. So um, my children's book Regulus, which is what I am uh, most known for, but really it has evolved into more than just a children's book it's turned into a movie and really a merchandise line and all these great and exciting and in many ways possible and historical things and it's developed into this regulus verse as my fans now put it and really the the baseline story of uh the story of regulus is uh there's this uh, titular uh infamous rat king character named regulus living inside a wall somewhere someplace uh you know in this kingdom of cheese uh filled with other mice uh and he's their ruler and there there's three mice in particular uh who who service him and these three mice uh you know are constantly pushed around by regulus you know he he's their king yes but he he treats them with such uh disrespect uh always considers them uh and among all the other mice in his kingdom to be beneath him uh it doesn't share with them uh is very cocky uh it just everything that you could see uh about being a negative human being you know is embodied in uh this character uh named regulus and uh one day these three mice under the cover of night really decide that you know it's time for them to get even it's time for them to uh, you know, settle uh, this uh, ongoing fight with him and, you know, make him uh, actually, you know, suffer a bit. You know, I hate to put it that way, but that's really their intent. And so they steal all of his cheese and they force him on this path of self-discovery where, you know, he has to realize that, you know, people who are so close to him that he mistreated were the ones who betrayed him. And but why did they betray him? And, you know, it, it, it forces Regulus to uh, understand the true meaning of, you know, being humble, uh, how to forgive the the importance of family, uh, you know, the significance of love. Uh, so many valuable lessons for children and families alike all around the world, you know, for uh, everyone, just uh, every type of reader to connect with uh, and apply into very facets of their lives. So. I love it. Very powerful. Now, what was the aha moment where you realized that Regulus was going to be a mice? Well, um, so really, when I had uh, wanted to uh, come up with a new story idea, I was already uh, 10 books in. So uh, Regulus is my 11th uh, published title. So I written nine uh, collections of poetry, nine anthologies, and then I decided to shift into children's books with uh, my first one being my darling child Shiloh, 
And then uh, one day, you know, I really knew that it was succeeding in many ways. Uh, it was getting a lot of media attention. You know, I was doing book signings. I was doing things with my first children's book that I hadn't done with the previous nine. And, you know, I knew it was a big shift in my career. And so I knew at that point with all the attention it was getting that I had to follow it up with something, you know, that much better, you know, something that was really going to take all that creativity, all that momentum and, you know, uh, just uh, blast it right into the universe, you know, in the best possible way. And so I was on my way uh, into uh, a meeting one morning. Uh, and for some reason, whenever I have uh, like a genuinely great idea, uh, it hits me like a bolt of lightning. I always explain this to people and, you know, you don't really see it coming. It just happens. And it's very rare that it happens, like at least of that magnitude. And uh, all of a sudden I, I was driving, probably not the best place to be doing this. You know, I mean, the, the, I have very specific places where I have great ideas. Driving is one of them for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Uh, it really always has been that way. But, you know, I was driving to this meeting and uh, I started saying to myself, uh, rats, mice, cheese uh, in a kingdom. And, uh, and then all of a sudden uh, it came out. It was like rigid. And so it was almost called, the character was almost called Reginald, but I thought Reginald was too aggressive, you know, for the, the age group that I was trying to hit, uh, which is primarily between four and eight, but is really appealed to younger and older, you know, readers of all ages, really. But, you know, I thought after really kind of sitting on that for just basically a few minutes, you know, I was like, well, what about Regulus? That, that falls off the tongue a lot better. It sounds a little bit more playful, more open. Uh, more welcoming. And so, and I always tell people whenever they're writing a story, writing a children's book, writing a book, uh, sometimes the, what you need is to come up with the name and everything else, all the other details just start to populate from there. And I couldn't get it out of my head after I initially came up with the idea, you know, on my way to that meeting. And I just tried to actually ignore it. I was spending days trying to forget about it and I just couldn't. And that's how I knew that it was a very powerful idea. So at, at the time I was uh, working on my associates at the College of DuPage in Glen Ellen, Illinois. And I one day went into the library, spent six hours. I went ahead and, you know, typed everything down and, you know, spent about, you know, six, seven hours doing so. And right as I, you know, hit that, that last key, you know, uh, typed that last word, I had not changed a single thing. And, you know, five, six years later, you know, it's turned into this, you know, this culture, this phenomenon that has connected readers, creators, publishers, you know, uh, celebrities alike all around the world, you know, around one central uh, theme. Uh, and it's just truly incredible to see how powerful, uh, you know, a, a children's story, a children's book of this magnitude, you know, uh, what kind of impact that's had on people. So very powerful. Now, Aaron, there are several folks who are looking to write a children's book, but many times they become stuck. What would you tell those folks who feel stuck as they're beginning to write their children's book? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Gigi, because, you know, and this is something that I talk about quite frequently is that, you know, no one really has uh, the, you know, a 
secret key to, you know, overcoming writer's block or getting started, you know, everyone's going to have their own version, you know, because we're, that's why, you know, it's such a beautiful thing to have a perspective, right? We see the world, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, as they say, you know, and so we're able to, you know, follow our own path as I did, you know, with everything that I've done up until this point, you know, I followed my own path, you know, a very unique, experimental, and in certain ways, an unorthodox path, but, you know, Many, many people will say, well, in order to come overcome writer's block or, you know, really to get started on a new project, you just need to write and tire, tire yourself out and try to, you know, just jot down as many ideas as you can. Or, you know, sometimes it's exercising or, you know, reading other books of other writers you aspire to be, you know, and, you know, none of them are right, none of them are wrong. But what I can say, at least from my experience, is that one of the best ways that I can you know, uh, go about starting a new idea or overcoming, you know, certain mental uh, or emotional challenges and continuing something that I'm writing is actually to step away from what you're doing, step away from the work and expose yourself to uh, creative things, more natural things that are in your life that would inspire you or spark certain thoughts and ideas that you can then pull back together and string along into a story or at least find a way, hey, you know, this is a way that I can overcome these present challenges that I'm facing. You know, uh, for example, you know, for me, you know, it's me stepping away and, you know, sitting in front of the fireplace and watching, you know, the, the wood burn and, you know, hearing the crackle or, you know, going into uh, this this room that I have that has all these paintings and, you uh, you know, different sculptures and uh, forms of artwork, you know, where I kind of just sit there and look at everything and reflect. And, you know, uh, I don't really follow the traditional uh, methods that authors, that creators have to come up with these new ideas or to uh, uh, really, you know, overcome these different creative challenges. You know, I, I just kind of do what feels right uh, to me. And I feel like, you know, that's really where the, the key uh, point is, uh, Gigi, is that, you know, people when they end creators when they're when they're when they're entering into this phase of trying to create a new piece of work or overcome these creative challenges they always feel like they need to follow a certain process or they need to follow the advice of other creators when actually they're not following other creators advice you know they're the ones who are just finding looking within themselves to develop that path for themselves you know i think that that really develops many layers of creative uh, dependency you know and makes you stronger and allows you to take on more projects and create you know things in in a much better light than you would previously before so I love it. Follow your own unique path. Write that down, ladies and gentlemen. Follow your own unique path. Such a powerful statement. Now, Dr. Aaron, I love what you said there in regards to creativity, because there are oftentimes folks who are writing a children's book, and what happens is they come up with a character. They have a character in mind, and they want to proceed with their book, but then they become embarrassed because they think about what others may say. What do you tell those folks, Dr. Aaron? Oh, wow. Well, that's a that's a really good point, Gigi, because uh, I'll give you a really good example. So many uh, speaking engagements that I do are, you know, held in classrooms, you know, uh, of different age groups, you know, middle school, you know, junior high, high school, college, 
you know, uh, private seminars or, you know, events that are staged. And, you know, it's me talking about my, my rise to, su to success, you know, my, you know, attraction to fame, you know, as much more than an author, but more as this public figure, this creator, uh, this uh, literary star, you know, and uh, I, you know, really kind of uh, see it from a very specific light that, you know, when you're when you're getting to a point when, you know, you're trying to uh, release something that you've created and uh, you're feeling this, you know, huge, uh, uh, overpowering, you know, emotion of, well, I don't think that my my work is deserving of other people or, you know, I don't think other people really need to see it yet or I feel like there's still more tinkering that needs to be done or, you know, whatever, those are all just excuses, you know, and it's not excuses that we're making, you know, in a malicious way, we, you know, we're, we're making those excuses because, you know, in a way at heart, you know, we're all perfectionists and we're trying to, you know, put ourselves out there in the best way possible. And especially with a, with a writer, you know, someone who is, you know, uh, not even a published author yet and really is working on their first book or their first story that they want to release on a, on a mass scale, you know, it's very intimidating. And I can't tell you enough how many classrooms, how many seminars, how many speaking engagements that I've been in where uh, I've had a lot of people come up to me afterwards or even ask, you know, publicly, you know, and I give them, you know, a lot of props for having that courage to ask publicly and say, you know, uh, I just wrote this novel, but, you know, I don't really know where to begin. But yet again, I don't think that my work is, you know, really, uh, you know, worth being sold or I don't think that there's any monetary value to it. Or uh, I feel like my ideas aren't formulated and they're just holding themselves back. And sometimes you just need to quickly uh, leap over uh, that wall and get it out there. And whatever happens, happens. And you learn from that experience. And then if things don't go entirely according to plan, which, you know, most most of the time it never does, you know, that's the fun part, right? You know, just kind of have to go with that flow. You know, you're able to take that strategy, look at the pressure points, look at the negatives, look at the positives, and try to develop what that next plan is going to be for the next book or the next story that you're creating, you know, and it doesn't have to just be with books. It can be for music, for art, anything creative that you're trying to put out there into the world. But sometimes, you know, there really is never a good time to do it. You know, you just kind of have to do it, you know, and sometimes, yes, you have to, you have to force yourself into that position, but you're forcing yourself into that position for the better, because as I talked about before, it's making you stronger as a creator, making you stronger as, you know, a writer, you know, to say, yes, you know, I know that my work is deserving of other people to read it, you know, and regardless of what they say, at the end of the day, I know that myself, me as the creator, it should be the only one that's happy with what I'm putting out there. I'm not writing for other people. I'm writing for myself. Excellent advice. Now, Dr. Aaron, what do you tell the folks who have written their best-selling book They've already launched their children's book. Now they're looking to create a series out of the book, but they feel Ooh. stuck. Yeah. So uh, I've actually encountered that myself and it's taken me, you know, uh, a number of years to really find the best, uh, you know, workaround for dealing with emotions, uh, you know, involving that because, you know, when I had created Regulus, you know, I still don't have uh, a sequel or a prequel to Regulus. You know, I'm happy to say that I'm writing the, uh, prequel to Regulus right now, and also a third book as part of this whole Regulus verse that are all on track for release in the next year or two here. But, you know, I, you know, for a while thought, well, you know, I, I kind of 
almost in a way referenced, uh, you know, television, you know, uh, cinema, you know, the making of movies, you know, film projects. And sometimes it's best to just stick with, you know, one singular idea. You put that out there, it succeeds. And, you know, you need to come up with a completely new and original idea. But other times, you know, as you allow that original idea, that first stab at that, you know, new concept that you've put out into the world, sometimes you see, well, you know, there's a way to twist this original story, this original concept and make it into, uh, you know, a series, a franchise, you know, and as I say quite often, you know, build it into this, this culture, this fandom, you know, that people of all ages, you know, can really get behind, you know, and just when, you know, you have all these authors, you know, these children's authors say, well, you know, I'm writing for children. Yeah, but it's not really just for children now, is it? It's for families. You know, there's a lot of adults who connect with that and reference back to their childhoods. And, you know, you're really writing for everybody. But I'll go back to what I said before. You're, you're not supposed to write for other people. You're supposed to write for yourself, write from the heart, you know, write honestly, truthful, you know, and it has to match, you know, what values you have for yourself. But, you know, it sometimes, you know, you have to kind of judge in a way the market and the way that it's responding to the work that you've put out there. And if honestly, you know, you can't see a way to expand uh, that original concept, that original storyline, you know, into another book and into a movie or a TV show or, you know, a play or however, how many variations you want to create of that original, that core concept, you know, that's okay. You know, it doesn't mean that that's not really going to happen at some point. It may, but it, it, that's your mind. That's your, that's your subconscious. That's your creativity telling you, Hey, this is not where your energy should be spent right now. It needs to be, you know, divided and needs to, you know, uh, really take its time to actually bring it to that point, you know, where you can say, yes, you know, I am confident now that there is another way to segue from this original story, you know, and build onto that, you know, but, you know, in other times, sometimes it just feels natural. Sometimes after you write the first, you know, or even as you go into writing the first story, you know, or the first book, you know, you have the intention of making it into a series, you know, and uh, I, I think that's it's really up to the interpretation of, you know, the creator to make that decision for themselves. But that kind of goes back to another point that I brought up before, which is developing that that creative dependency, you know, trying to, you know, do what's best for you. If it fits, it fits. If it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, but you as a creator need to determine that yourself for one, but two, you know, it, it all comes with time, you know, and if you pressure that, you pressure that process and you try to rush it, it you know, you're not going to have the best outcome. You know, it needs to naturally feel great, you know, and that it's going to lead in that direction and produce the results that not other people want or are expecting of you, but the results that you want and expect for yourself. Very powerful. Do you have any last few words for the audience, Dr. Aaron? You know, I, I will say this. So I know that, you know, when I was first writing, you know, first getting started, I faced a number of different challenges. You know, there, there were so many challenges that, you know, I encountered from, you know, a writing standpoint, you know, to editing, to publishing, to distributing, you know, to marketing my work, you know, really in all ways that I possibly could to build this brand, not around just my work, my creative works, but also myself as a creator. And I know what it's like looking back on the 14, 15 year old version of myself, you know, and saying, wow, like if I had someone like me, you know, uh, guiding them or guiding myself back then, you know, up to this point, 
it, it would have saved so much time. And there's a lot of authors, a lot of creators who consult with me on an ongoing basis as well. So I want everyone, I encourage everyone, you know, hearing me right now, you know, to reach out because it's better to ask for help than to not, because as I've really incorporated this into my many philosophies that I stand behind, you know, you're never going to know unless you ask, you know, and I'm someone who is going to hear you. And if you ask, I will help you. And because I want to see everyone succeed, I want everyone to build their own path as creators. But sometimes, you know, in various ways, you don't know how to get started. But if you have someone who's willing to do that for you and is willing to connect with you on that level and see where the current struggles are and see how to overcome that and see how to make you creatively independent, then that is a golden match. So I, like I said, I really encourage everyone hearing me to reach out uh, and I will do everything in my power with the resources that I have and the knowledge that I've obtained over the past decade being in this career of mine, you know, and see how it can best fit into what you're trying to accomplish. So. I love it. Acts for help. Write that down, ladies and gentlemen. Acts for help. And I'll say it again. Acts for help. Such a powerful statement. Now, make sure to check out Dr. Aaron on all of his social media platforms and also his website. That's Aaron dot -E -E com. And Dr. Aaron, thank for thank you for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. You have a blessed day. Thank you. You too, Gigi. Thank you for having me on. Bye bye now. God bless.